Hello, we're here today with the founders of Thursday. Uh, we'll be talking to them uh, about their f- plans for the future, how they've grown the business, and they'll be giving advice to uh, you, the viewer, on uh, how they have scaled uh, with some tips around fundraising and uh, marketing. So yeah, thank you for viewing today and do uh, catch up with all of our other events at www.businessleader.co.uk. Uh, and thank you to uh, George and Matt today for, for being with us. You. Thanks for coming in. Be good to just start start off by just yeah uh, learning more about your your background. Do you want to start, Matt? I will, George. Thank you. Um, I um, I uh, went to uni in Oxford Brooks, um, and whilst I was there, got into sort of the promotions world, like running events, student nightclub stuff. Also, through Facebook, met a guy called Stephen Bartlett and built or started to build a company called Wallpark, which I think morphed into something else that he did down the line. I actually, very naively at the time, was quite young, didn't have the drive or passion that he did. He, he carried on and is obviously the mega success that he is. I sort of fell away and, and didn't think it was going to work. Um, you regret that one every day, don't you? Well, how wrong was I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just to clarify, I don't take no success for anything he's done. It's nothing. It was just weird, a funny coincidence. And then um, I actually went to Sandhurst um, and commissioned into a regiment called the Welsh Guards and spent seven years in the army, a lot of time abroad, lots of time in Africa, which was epic. And then when we actually crowdfunded this, I was actually on tour in Afghanistan. And so when I could get Wi-Fi, I was like, this is mental. Like, I'm doing what we're doing over there, which is really interesting work. And then when I could get Wi-Fi, I was like, and people are investing in this crap idea back home. <laughs> this is extraordinary. <laughs> And then we were very good friends. Well, we were friends at school. He's, he's best mates with my younger brother. Matt's a couple of years above me at school. Doesn't let me, doesn't let me forget it. But that's important. Like, Every day. There's it. a real hierarchy here. <laughs> hate it. Um, my background, I went to Birmingham University. I studied, out. I did drop out. I did geography there. It took me two years to realise I didn't want to be a town planner. Not for me. You've just offended a lot of users. Well, it's not for me. Okay. I then dropped Sweet out to horror. start my first business which was a video communication tool, it was B2B, it was called Vox. It allowed like businesses to send video emails to their clients. So I was mainly selling it to estate agents, recruitment agencies, schools. Got about 5,000 people on it, which is amazing. Um, but I reached out to a company in the States called BombBomb, who were doing it really well already, um, and white-labeled their software. So I was making commission on basically licenses I was selling. Um, and my license, the commission only was lasted for about six months. So I had a really good business for about six months and it fell away. And this was about five, six years ago as well. And it was quite ahead of its time, I think. It was like Vidyard slash Loom. Um, so people could just send the, the email. The video would play in the email. And yeah, it kind That's of... That's raised a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. We used it. I actually used the tool, my old system, to basically prospect and video prospect people um, when they came through saying, yeah, interested in this. So yeah, that was my kind of... Thing, new maths at school, then moved to London and was like, let's start a dating app. Mad. Why a dating app? What brought you to, to this point? Um, me and Matt were single four years ago um, and yeah, didn't have girlfriends and we thought it'd be a good opportunity to do something different. As Matt tells me every single day, we're sad single losers. <laughs> a complete Tinder. Basically. <laughs> so yeah, why a dating app? We were on a ski holiday one time. Um, I was actually take, meant to take my ex-girlfriend. We broke up two weeks before and Matt bought this holiday off me for about 70 quid. He was bartering at the time. It was, yeah, it was a luxury five-star resort. I was meant to be going away on a nice romantic holiday and this guy came with me in the end. But it's probably the best 75 quid the guy spent ever because we came up with the idea of Honeypot. What was Honeypot all about? 
So Honeypot was the, our first ever stab at a dating app. And basically, we broke London down into boroughs and geofenced them. And so if you were in that borough, you could check in to see who wants to go on a date that day. Um, and the idea behind the whole sort of movement for what we were trying to create was getting singles face-to-face as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible because we believe that dating apps absolutely work. That's why they're as big as they are and that's why as many people meet them as they do. But it's hard work and you, consumer behavior on them is very much, hey, how are you? Oh, I can't, I can't rush to message back. I'm okay, how are you? Just so slow and drawn out. And after all that, you might actually go face-to-face with someone and within 10 seconds realize they're not for you anyway. There's no connection. I think the concept of Honeypot was to match, chat, and meet that same day. We've always been about trying to make dating spontaneous, exciting. And I think dating apps being around for so long now, the novelty of a match has kind of worn off. The conversion of a match resulting in a date is so low. We thought, well, why don't we just show you people who want to go on a date that day? Mm. We struggled in the early days of Honeypot to get enough users on there for the platform to operate. Of course, for the model like that, seven days a week, on 24-7. I've checked into the City of London. I want to see who's around now. We had about just shy of 10,000 downloads on that, but struggled to have to hit critical mass where it worked in the way we wanted it to. We did see some spike in usage on a certain day, being Thursday, and it got us thinking, well, how do we effectively save this and make it much better and concentrated? It was dying. We, we were slowly dying with Honeypot because dating apps famously have high churn. You know, it's hard to get people on and then people uh, leave them. And dating apps are traditionally or statistically the most downloaded and then deleted and re-downloaded app going. Um, and we had to do something. We did a round of funding at that point, which we'll go into, but it was either we pivot and take a risk or this will just slowly bleed out, um, which is obviously not what we wanted. And, and we knew by concentrating all the users into one day, we knew right from the start when we'd even decided to change it from Honeypot to Thursday, there's going to be a degree of FOMO in it. Um, scarcity is a big part of the app. It's very exciting. We're building, you know, this is a brand around celebrating being single on one day of the week where everyone kind of comes together and goes on dates or goes to events. We'll, we'll go into what that, that's about as well. But if you take the example of Supreme, that brand that people wear saying Supreme on it, their physical store is only open like one day a month. And then it got us thinking, well, why are there queues for hundreds of meters outside the shop? And why does a secondary, yeah, why does a secondary market happen? It's because it's scarce. I think a few years ago, someone said to me, if you can create scarcity in a world of abundance, you're on something cool. You know, they are abundant dating apps. You can match with so many people and they don't result in dates. It's not exciting anymore. So we thought, why don't we just flip this on, flip this on its head, kind of rip up the rule book of how it's kind of done and do something totally radical. And it has resonated with people because the problem of dating apps is boredom, I think, and admin and being like, well, how do I know that this is actually going to result in a date? It's a very common thing it's you know to match with someone on that but it, it doesn't go anywhere so you thought let's just let's do it differently um and it was as matt said it was a it was a risk um but it's a risk that's paid off because it is so out there and unusual and even the name it's viral it is meant to be when you hear about thursday of what it is you can't unhear it's so easy to understand we couldn't explain what honeypot was I and mean, if i asked you what, what was honeypot you wouldn't really know how to a couple of sentences yeah we'd take, take we, we didn't really know what it was now it's a it's a dating app that works one day of the week mm. it's very yeah. simple and just you know, if if I'm a if I'm a user, then so what? Just just talk me through that kind of. If if I didn't know anything about, it, obviously, it's it's an, it's an app one day a week. So what what is the kind of journey on on the app, and how do I use it? So the way the app works is it obviously doesn't six days of the week it's off. It will tell you to go away. It will tell you to bugger off. You know, you're not welcome here. Um, Basically, go, there should be more to life than dating apps. I.e., just because you're single doesn't mean your entire life needs to be involved around 
finding the one that all these dating apps push or films push or songwriters. It's all about finding the one or maybe you're just happy being single. <laughs> and so therefore get off your app and just go and live your normal life, hang out with your friends. So the, the journey of the app is there's a countdown until Thursday. So if you open up on um, Wednesday, you'll see the countdown time until the app effectively turns on. And when the app turns on, the app will come to life and show you people around you that want to go on a date that day. But it doesn't just stop there with people. Of course, you can match with other people in a usual, which people know and people understand, the one-to-one aspect of dating apps where I match with someone else and meet them later that day. People have made that conscious decision to use the app because they're free. If they're not available that day, don't use the app. But the app will come to life and show you people that want to go on a date that day, plus venues we've exclusively hired out. The venue slash event side of the business is about 50% of uh, our offering. Um, so it's kind of like a hybrid between the two. It's not just matching with other people, which has been done. We're not about that. It's about getting people um, in places where everyone is single. This is a new thing we brought out in October. As a test, really. We, we basically, we realised that singles want to go face-to-face. We've come out of two years of a lockdown. And, you know, when, if as a single person, when I go to a bar, I would always go to a bar where I thought there'd be more single people. And there was no way of knowing whether or not there was going to be more single people there or not. And speed dating events are, again, they guess they work, but they don't attract the mass um, because they're seen as a bit awkward and it's, it's, it's very, very forced. Um, and other singles events never really appealed. And so for us, if we could just get a normal bar, a cool normal bar, a rooftop, a wine bar, a fitness a class. Fitness class yeah. So you started with bars. And then, you, and yeah. then with that, you put single people there. We control the ratios. You put single people there together and there's no awkward icebreaks. It's just, guys, you're all single, like yeah. crack on. And it really works. And so what happens is people either turn up by themselves, which is gutsy, but then they're very quickly snapped up into a group. They're talking to people because it, you, are, you can't not talk to people or people turn up with their other single friends. Mm-hmm. And it's made meeting singles and bringing singles face to face so much more efficient and so and so much safer because you're going to a bread a bar that's got security is in the right part of london you're not going for some seedy date at someone's flat yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's, it's just it's, it's just a social bar. it's kind of a social app it's a kind of a members club where everyone's single but we launched the app last july yeah. um, and we brought out a feature uh, it was initially called After Party. We were testing, like, well, how do we do an after party on the day? We were exclusively hired out a dive bar in Shoreditch and put it on the app. And there was a queue for about 300 metres. And, you know, a bar that would normally do about £1,500 on a Thursday night took 32 grand that night. And we were like, right, we're really on something. People are craving human interaction face-to-face. How do we do this now on scale? There is definitely something into this because we thought, I just want to meet someone in a bar. Um, lots of our users were saying that to us. Can you do sort of exclusive events? And we never re- like to really call this uh, an event. There's no sort of Thursday branding unless it's a partnership we do. There's no Thursday cups. There's no banners. It's very subtle. We don't actually want people to think, oh, this is a singles event. It's just a bar. Yeah. It's a normal bar, but we're engineering that environment where everyone is single and giving people the confidence to go and talk to people. I mean, it's eye-opening when we're at these events and we see groups of girls, groups of guys, you know, everyone's in it together and everyone's on the same page. And you actually look like a bit of a dick if you're standing there on the bar with your mate and not talking to anyone. And you're closed off. It's not about that. It's about we want people to be better in person because, you know, you go out to a bar, as Matt said, you don't know who's single. By going somewhere to a Thursday event, everyone is there for the same reason. And then you can't kick off if someone's chatting to you. Yeah. You can't be like, look, not interested, thanks yeah. very much. Yeah. But you can't be offended as a 
I don't know, an attractive guy or girl, if someone's constantly chatting to you, that will don't be here. <laughs> it's 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 space where singles hang out on one day of the week. Um, we want to get to the point with this brand where, you know, if you're in a if you're even if you're not in a Thursday bar on a Thursday night, you have the confidence to go up to someone and say, Hey, look, hey, I just sort of come over and say hi. Um, I'm single, I'm just saying hey because it's Thursday. We want to get to that point where it's sort of a, a movement on Thursday where singles are empowered to be better in person and, you know, go and make introductions in real life. You know, with Tinder's first pitch deck, you know, that problem was the fear of rejection and the solution was, you know, know who likes you. And of course, the match, which is so known now on dating apps, they solved the problem of rejection. We're trying to do that in a in a bar environment. And when we say bars, that and was online. how it, that's and online as well. But that's how it started. You know, it started with bars. We now do fitness classes. You know, uh, what else we do? We take over boats sometimes. We do bars. We do um, life drawing. We we want to do it all where it's a place where it's events and experiences for singles um, on one day of the week. That's great. And you mentioned it's quite interesting that that's scarce in a world of abundance, and obviously. Yeah. You know, you've you've kind of ticked that box, and the timing seemed good. Uh, you know, July would come out of a lockdown, so everybody wants to kind of come out. Do you have any concerns about the longevity? Because uh, obviously, it's it's a, it's a novel idea. But do you think people are going to continue to kind of buy into it? I think for us, that a dating app should the reason why dating apps should work and should, should, should succeed is because relationships happen as a result. Mm. And I think if we're putting people face to face, we will create more relationships than people just hiding online. And I think it will be the end product of our events and people meeting and the success stories that will keep this thing going. And I also think, you know, people going to bars, I just don't think that's going to go it's anywhere. Not die out. I, I just think, it's, it's especially in big cosmopolitan cities, that I think, I mean, it will never, I just don't, I can't see it ever dying out. And even if it's, you know, non-alcoholic events or mm. not a problem, you know, there's plenty of, you know, 30% of the Gen Z community mm. or Gen Z choose not to drink. That's cool. We'll just put on more non-alcoholic things. Um, uh, it's not just about getting pissed in bars. It's about <laughs> getting yeah. people face to face and how we do that. If it's helping out a bit of alcohol, cool. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't. I don't see it as a you know. Since we launched this in October, we've done three hundred and twenty-two events, and yeah. every week without fail they sell out, uh, and they're selling out of their capacity of every venue pre nine o'clock. So we sell the capacity of the venue pre nine o'clock and then we operate a one in one out basis post nine o'clock. So it's quite a clever model where we've kind of got the churn of people coming through because if you think of a venue that says, oh, my capacity is 300, we don't want just 300 people to go there. We want 450 people, but we need that sort of constant footfall of people. You know, they go in for a couple of hours or three hours and then they head off and then more people are allowed to come in. Obviously, scaling a business yeah. means funding, doesn't it? Of course. And funding yeah. your growth. Can you tell me about how you have funded the business so far? And, and, and also, I'd like to get an insight for people who will be watching this, will be going through the same journey. Any kind of tips or things that you've learned along the way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of the, the fundraising, we've raised $4.5 million to date. Um, it's about three and a half, three point eight million pounds. Um, our first round, we were actually on Crowdcube. We did a crowdfunding round back in 2018, October 2018, just as we launched the business. We had a landing page, an idea, and nothing else really. An Instagram following that had about 200 followers. <laughs> yeah, um, but we raised 117k just from. Um, it's called the three F's: friends, family, and fools. Um, <laughs> 
So we managed to, to pull that off to get Honeypot off the ground. And then during lockdown, we did an additional um, 350 through Angels. And then we did our official seed round for 2.5 million last summer. I think we were taking- With VCs. With VCs, yeah. yes. Um, with fundraising, people always think if they've got an idea that they need to raise a huge amount of money to get it off the ground. We've been using a company called Seed Legals that's been helping with yeah, that. Anthony Rose, yeah, yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're great. Um, and I think this whole yeah, approach to agile fundraising is the way forward. It's not this, you know, it's not this big ground to start with where you sell a huge amount, raise what you need as and when you need it, rather than the whole I need to raise a million pounds to just get this off the ground. Most apps you can get an idea off the ground for fifty grand, and I think people need to change their mindset of how they think about funding rather than this whole. I need to do a big round. It's it's not I think about people that. are just desperate as well, especially in the tech world. Although I do think it's changing, as of very recent. But people are just desperate. It's like a vanity metric to get your mm. Thursday raises X and is in TechCrunch, and now they raise this, and yeah. it's like a it, it, it's a vanity for a metric. Founder, it's like that's the headline you want. Yes. The TechCrunch, you know, Thursday raises course, ten million dollars. It, it's all it's all relative. Like if I see now someone's done a massive raise. All I'm thinking was well, how much of the company have they sold? Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> that. Like how much of the company have they had to sell yeah. to get that money in? Yeah. And w w one of our great investors who also a bit of a mentor I guess he said to us look you only ever raise if you can't make money or you are genuinely ready to scale this so you just pick and play yeah. and drop it and I think we are first-time founders we I think are learning as we go and our attitude towards fundraising has changed mm, it has like, massively. We, we won't just take anybody's money anymore and we won't just take money that we don't need because if six months ago we had 10 million in the bank we wouldn't have been able to deploy it we wouldn't have known, we would have wasted lots of it. Especially when we did our VC round, we didn't follow lots of the advice they said about especially hiring. Um, yeah. We were we were instructed as soon as we did that first seed round to hire as fast as you can because of course well, hire big right people quickly, but the like yeah. expensive, really expensive. And I think if we, I think if we did that, we would have run out of money. We weren't at the point where we found our sweet spot with the offline, be it the venues. We didn't have that at the time. Did that cause tension with the investors or, or it did? It did a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're all on, we're on good terms, but I think. Um, anyway, even when we came out with the idea saying we're going to take over venues, they they're like, well, it's just a marketing gimmick. Yeah. It's not. It's not. This, there's nothing in this, and now it's a core cool part of it. So if I may, just on the hiring yeah. side, what I think is interesting is what I didn't realise when I started this. Salaries are very expensive, yeah. and when they come out every month, it's the biggest cost of ever. So if if someone's telling you from the very beginning, mm -hmm. go and hire twenty developers and a product manager and a product owner and a um, a CTO and a CFO and suddenly you can name all of it because that's what Uber has. Well, you're never going to be able to afford to survive. And that's why for us, we've, we've grown a really great team, but we've done it slowly and methodically. And our CTO is very, very careful about who he hires and why he hires them. Because otherwise you can go down this route of, yeah, I've got a team of 20 now. Cool. Well, our burns just reduced yeah, by 50%. Exactly. And the market was very different for VC funding last year. It has changed. You know, the, the big backers want you to go from zero to that, that 100 million valuation within a matter a month. of months. Yeah. You know, just if you hire enough as fast as you can, because then you get the next round, stay on the treadmill, keep raising, keep up in the valuation. We're here to build a solid business. Yeah. You know, win. Generate our, revenue. Yeah, our goal is not just to be acquired by one of the groups, it's really not. You did mention, I think, in, a, in an interview on Senior, you said, you know, focus on the vision and, and the rest yeah. will come. Whereas, yeah. like you say, there is a bit of a treadmill, especially in yeah. the tech community. So yeah. it's quite quite brave to kind of, you know, go, go against that. And yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and you, I guess you're consciously looking to kind of retain control in the business. It is. Well. And I, I think well, it's proven right. We have. That's yeah. so far. The bubble's burst. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it, since November, the difference between the investment market in 
November, December, January to what it is now. The advice we were given from our, some of our investors, some backers and friends of ours who are in the VC world, the investing world, has, has literally done a U-turn mm. from grow, 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 mm. spend, 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 to batten down the hatches, save your money, get rid of everybody that you don't need, yeah. stop, um, stop anything that doesn't matter, survive for the next two years. But because we're so revenue focused, actually we don't need to play by those rules because we didn't. Mm. And so we now bring in enough revenue that we can keep this thing going, which is why we push really hard yeah on every aspect of the business. How can we monetize this? How can we monetize that? Because that's what keeps you going. And that's what's investable now. A year or two ago, making money wasn't sexy in this game. I think in the tech space, it's users. You know, how do you get to the million users? No one cared about revenue. Yeah, they just, like, the money will follow, the money will follow. But obviously now, investors are much more um, careful about, you know, investing in something where I think the revenue model and the the business side of it has to come earlier. Um, Just like the whole VC funding, people are, the funding is starting earlier. You know, VCs are having to get in earlier now. And it's it's good. I think it's a good thing because it gets founders off the ground, you know, you raise that pre-seed round from, you know, friends and family and, and, and angels, and then you can quite quickly get to, to the, the VC backing you need to, to get it um, to the point you, you want. So it's not just, oh, you need to wait until you're at a certain stage. It's coming earlier, which is good. Just Can I just jump on that? When we've got questions about any advice, if you're going to an investor or a VC, however they look, and you're in a position of desperation, yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. Don't get to that point because they will... They, it's what they love, and they will take such an ungodly amount of your company yeah, that you you want to get to the point where make enough noise, focus on what you're doing, and I promise you, they do come to you. It's like dating. Raising money is exactly like dating. Yeah. Um, and a little story about us going out and, and raising money. We've we've only ever sent one email to our first a cold email, a cold email to our first prospecting saying, "Hey, would you interested in investing in this?" Never done it with the VCs. The angels have come to us. It was one, our first investor, a motivational speaker called Jim Lawless that put in 15 grand. First investor. First yeah. investor. Um, he was my parents' next door neighbor. I knew he had some nice cars and I thought, okay, there's an email here that needs to get sent. And he, he actually came and met us in London. We had a good meeting with him. Honeypot, before it was an app, was an Instagram feed of where venues where there'll be more single people. We didn't hire out the venue. We were just saying, follow this Instagram feed in London. It'll tell you if you're single, go to this, these places. We didn't hire it out. Okay. We weren't, might not have also told him that. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think we, we went there with Jim. Nice guy. We He's have great. told the story to him about this. And we're like, look around. There's loads of people. It was, everyone's it, here because yes, Honeypot. Like, everyone's here because Honeypot. Massive. 800 capacity yeah. venue. <laughs> uh, and I think you know, the people were there. About 40 people were there because of Honeypot. But That's we just generous. completely... <laughs> We just completely chose the wrong venue. It was too big and it didn't make a dent at all. I mean, if we did it... And he turned around and he was like, so you're telling me that people have like, yeah. Yeah, go And then he'd walk past yeah, the person that we planted yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it went straight. This other person was like, have you heard of Honeypot? They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we sent the, what, the one email to him out and he, he came. Got the ball we did. He, he kicked off the whole thing. Great guy. Um, but even when we did... So we actually did... You know, we crowdfunded in 2018. We actually... With our fundraising last year, we effectively did a crowdfund, part of that round. We raised £1.2 million from LinkedIn, doing our own crowdfunding. Okay. We held up a sign, classic Thursday-style cardboard sign, saying, "We promise, I promise to raise £1.2 million in 10 days. And we had angels coming through to us. People, people putting in 10 grand 
having not even jumping on a no, call with us. Just sending just their like, details saying, hey, we're interested. <laughs> we were showing vulnerability insane. of like, hey, we're just going to do this. And if you're either interested in it, you're not, we'll send you the deck, we'll send you the details. Everything People you need to have money or they yeah. don't. <laughs> and it's if, you're, if, if it's not for you, there's, there's a lot of money out there. If it's not for you, fine, we'll find someone else. And it did go totally viral on LinkedIn and the money came from it because we did something that well, was like... Well, not just the money came from it, we doubled it. We doubled it, yeah. So we actually ended up raising the 2.5 because a VC couldn't resist and came in last minute. Oh, and we actually turned down, I don't know who we thought we were, they were like, would you take, I, I, I'm making it up slightly, but would you take two and a half million quid on top of the, and we're like, no, no we can't. And we're like, I feel sick saying that. <laughs> we're like, no, we can't. She's, and they went away and then um, we're like, okay, well, well, we'll be fine. Like, we'll be okay. You know, going for a pint, being like, have we just turned down? <laughs> like, what are we thinking? Yeah. And then they came back and like, would you accept, I don't know, uh, 1.8? We're like, no. With the, with the first, after the crowdfunding, the first um, bit of angel money, again, was from LinkedIn. So we did the, uh, we promised to raise 1.2 in 10 days with the sign. We did another sign to attract angel investment where we held up a sign outside a Lamborghini garage saying, no anyone rich. So <laughs> we got chased was, by the security. Yeah, we did get chased by the security guards. So we were just there. <laughs> and actually, bumped into two people in that area that day and 20 grand angel investment came in from just holding up a sign. Then yeah. it went on LinkedIn. And we raised a further 60k from just doing something totally unusual that you wouldn't normally see on LinkedIn. It's like, God, that's that's confident, you know. Yeah, neatly on to kind of your your approach to marketing, yeah. like that. You know, that that is considered guerrilla marketing. You know, you've yeah. gone outside to yeah. Lamborghini there. Um, you obviously don't mind putting yourself out no. there. And, and can you just yeah tell us a bit more about you know why you've decided to kind of take that approach and and has it ever got you into any kind of bother? It was necessity. It was exactly. It was just, we didn't have any money for digital ads. With Honeybot, how do we get this out there? Mm. Oh, we'll stand, stand with a cardboard sign in the city of London saying, I cheated on my girlfriend, this is a punishment. PS, do not download Honeybot. It went absolutely ballistic uh -huh. yeah. and brought us in the 5,000 downloads. But we could only really do it once or twice. And then we got the downloads we could do. And we tried it again. And people were like, that's Honeybot. Yeah. That's Honeybot, not going to download. It created a culture that we didn't realize at the time, which is mm. we don't like to do things the, the way they're already done. So for us, it's always about doing things differently. Yeah. The way we hire is very different to the way other teams do it. The way we um, you know, do our marketing, is in, you know, we've just had a very big out-of-home campaign with buses and underground, very yeah. different messaging to what you see normally. Yeah. The way we run the app, very different. The way we do the events, it's all very, for us, if you're just copying somebody else, you're yeah. going to fail. We, we, yeah, I mean, when people go right, we go left. We don't like to jump on the trends. When we first thought to offer, our initial sign, it was like, we can't afford to do digital ads or pay influencers. Why don't we flip it on its head and make the public become our influencers? Where yeah. we, people can take enough pictures out in public to get that on social media feeds and our brands on that. So it's actually flipping it around where rather than paying the influencer, we were the influence ourselves in a, in a slightly unusual way. Um, and yes, it has got us into some bother. Yeah, I, mean, I was attacked in New York last two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Why were you attacked in New York? Because we were out there doing a PR stunt. We're not okay. too proud. We still get out there, put a cardboard yeah, yeah. sign on. <laughs> Where's more violent, London or New York? New York. New York. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's mental. I've got a fit. I was, I was on, I was on like FaceTime. Stuff. I was on FaceTime to my brother, being like, he was like, "How's it going?" I was like, "This is just fucking soul destroying this whole thing." Like, I thought I was over this, and then this woman just came out of nowhere and just started punching and kicking. My brother's there on FaceTime over here, being like, "Get away from me!" It is controversial. Some of the stuff we yeah. do, we know that, but. It has to be. We know that some there will be people that won't like what we do, and we don't. You know, we knew we don't always get it right. Yeah. You know, we did something the other day with a with a camel. We said Happy Hump Day. We brought it down um, here, literally. Yeah, a real there. life camel outside Liverpool yeah. Street Station. You know, Happy Hump Day. See you tomorrow. Yeah. With our sort of iconic Y under the the 
on Thursday. The, the Thursday. And yeah, animal activists did, did not like it because, of course, it was you know advertisement with animals. And, and fine, we live and we learn, and we won't we won't do that again. But do we regret? Well, that? no. <laughs> I do. I mean, rather be. Rather, you know, there's nothing worse as a company, especially as a startup, trying to be. We don't like the word disruptive, but trying to cause noise. You cannot do it by being indifferent. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're not being spoken about, you're dead. Yeah. And so, whilst we will do, always do our very best not to be offensive, never racist, misogynistic, or anything like that. But it, for us, is, is we will do our very best not to cause offence. I think in today's society, everybody gets offended at anything, like whatever you do, yeah. and everybody's got an opinion. So we tend to block out a lot of it. I think also with the marketing, lots of people, especially with a dating app or an app in general, people talk too much about features. Yeah. You know, we are storytelling. Everything we do, even if it's a partnership, we're not... We're not wanting to do that partnership so we can get more users from them. We're doing that to tell a story where we can feed that into our marketing while we partner with them. And for people who are in business and maybe want to be a bit more edgy, they'll think, how do, how do you generate these ideas? Is there a process or, or you know, who, who talks to who? We're a team of, what, 11 now in total? 11, yeah, um, full-time. No marketing department. It's, it's all hands to the bump. We're all in this together. It, no ideas, stupid idea. Yeah. The more wacky, the better. For us, what's great is that the marketing intern will come up with an idea and then we'll all hash it out and be like, Oh, actually, if we do it this way, that would be really cool. Mm. Or George will have an idea and Jess will be like, actually, if we do it this way, that would work really well. So it's, a, it's very much a team effort. Mm. I think what's great about the team we have here is we, they all know Thursday really well and they know what works and they know what doesn't work. It's all experimental as well. But yeah, Everything we do is just, if it doesn't work, we're not afraid for something not to work. Give it a try. Yeah. It's better to do something than not. Um, and, and yeah, I think we... we come at it in a very authentic way where it's as Matt said no idea is a stupid idea yeah. and the whole thing really when we were doing Honeypot was me and Matt vlogging our story of two guys in London building a dating app but and no one cared no one really cared and we didn't really build a brand around it so we transitioned that sort of quite cheeky tone of voice of me and Matt having a laugh and it was all about the marketing of how we're going to get this shit dating app out there to London with Honeypot <laughs> and we transitioned that into Thursday and really got Thursday a strong tone of voice, brand identity, and everything we were doing has then evolved into that. Um, and, you know, even with the, the brand Thursday, people, it's, it sort of speaks in the first person a lot. It's got a persona around it where it is quite feminine, I think, would you say? The yeah, brand is it's intentional um, because we know if the, guy, the girls are there, the guys will follow. We started out, you know, even with the pink colour palette, it's yeah. all intentional of how, we, how we've done it. And you mentioned the persona there, and obviously, you know, you are growing what is going to, I think is and going to be a really, really strong brand. Where, where do you fit in terms of your own personal brand? Because you get some companies that, that obviously the person or the founders are, are central to it, but then you get a company like Huel where, where Julian's kind of stepped back from it and it isn't necessarily part of the brand. Where, where, where do you see your, are you going to build your own personal Good question. brand? I, I like the fact that me and Matt don't have to be mm. on the front of the camera talking to Instagram and having to... The irony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Harvey, we, that's how we used to do it. If you go back through the, the archives on Thursday Instagram, it's yeah. just me and Matt, literally just like it's like a personal Instagram. Yeah. And I think we act now as, as spokespeople for the brand, be it especially on LinkedIn. That's yeah. kind of our platform that does very well for us. Um, but I think, you know, to, to take a sort of a, a backseat on, on actually fronting it, from the consumer side, we like to have a, a business head on us of how we put it out there, sharing our story just like this. But we're not dating experts. You no. know, people need to remember we're not here being like, oh, we're doing this because we know we don't have a clue like about dating. But what's it brings people yeah, together? Yeah, bring something together. We know that this is a more exciting way to date. But you know, we're not. I think it's also experts. a lot of times you see on LinkedIn, and it's often from companies that aren't doing massive things. Not always, but it's a really easy win to make yourself 
oh, look at me, I'm the founder of this, and me, 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 me. Much harder to get your brand to do it. And you know, to get a brand that's spoken about or to get a brand that's got loads of likes and engagement, that's really tough because people don't like being marketed to and people just in general choose not to like a brand. So people think Thursday is much, much bigger than it actually is in terms of the team. And are always very, very surprised that there's you know nine, eleven full time, a couple of contractors, um, and yeah, we are going to hire a few more. But people are always very surprised because we pack a hell of a punch. And I would much rather people in the pub on Saturday are talking about Thursday dating app than do you see what Matt just put up on LinkedIn yeah. or Instagram? Yeah, yeah. The team over there, they when they put stuff up on LinkedIn, it goes viral, totally viral. And so this week, I reckon we'll have five viral posts coming from each person in the team on LinkedIn, and it means it's Thursday is the brand that's yeah. carrying it. They're not pluggy as well. I think every post we do on for, for a personal brand, and personal brand, we've each got a personal brand. It's not just me and Matt at the front right, of this. Yeah. It's everyone in this room. Um, where there's a there's a story behind why they're posting it. It's not just saying, look how great we are. If you go on it's LinkedIn now, it. it's more, it's all to do with, look what I've achieved, or I'm getting up at 5 a.m., I'm doing this, and you, you know the type of content on LinkedIn. We're not about that. We'd actually rather hear how shit someone's doing. We find that more interesting because it's more it's more real. You know, it's we've always been about being un, unapologetically honest. Um, and if we are having a you know a tough month of Thursday, we'll say it. Yeah. If things go to shit and things start to plan, we'll absolutely say that. We filmed, we filmed <laughs> when we launched the app, the app crashed because we had too yeah. many users hitting the app. We underestimated how many people were going to hit the app on that particular second, so it created a real bottleneck on certain parts of the system. And we filmed the whole thing of us launching, our big moment, and then obviously it crashed, and then we filmed that and filmed it and filmed it. And then we'd be like, sort of, like, yeah. it's happened now, the world knows. Yeah. So we put that video on LinkedIn, yeah. being like, not everything goes to plan all the time. And then our social, on our social strategy for Instagram, we knew that people were so angry at us. You know, we had a wait list for about a year. The app crashed on day one. We preempted what people were going to say. And on, we were thinking, oh, next post, we're going to get loads of comments of people slating us because the app crashed. We put up a post saying, roast us, roast Thursday because of how shit the app was on day one. Please, you know, feel free to vent in the comments. And it went people, it, went, it got thousands of comments of people just telling how shit the app was on day one. But and we were just like, guys, chill out. It's just yeah, a dating app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the whole point. So, like, we kind of won people over a little bit in that way where, you know, if it's we do get it raw. wrong, we just, we say. I think you were ahead of the curve there a little bit with that sort of vulnerability and being authentic because, like you say, all this, I get up at 5 a.m. and do this, yeah. it is a load of crap. People really. do it yeah. because they want it to sound, um, it's false modesty. Yeah. It's like, yeah, guys, anyone can do this. Get up before, read your book, go for a marathon, come back, all done by the time I've had my banana smoothie at 10. Yeah. <laughs> then I've raised 10 million quid and then I've got a meeting. Yeah, yeah. With, it's all just like, you're putting that up because you know people can't attain that. Yeah. So it's just yeah. crap. I just like, how, with your marketing, is it is it like, do you get better results or perception in the UK to America? Like, is, is America sort of different in terms of how, to, how the messaging? And We are live in London, New York. Um, we have got a bigger presence in London right now. Yeah. We've spent more money here. Yeah, we have. It's growing quickly in New York as well. And I, but I think the New Yorkers know that there's more going on in London in terms of venues right now. Yeah. It'll be a month's time where I think New York will be up to where London is. Yeah, I agree. Um, but in terms of tone of voice and, and messaging, we have to be careful that, you know, there's, that the New Yorkers get it. You know, I think sometimes yeah. Brits have a very dry sense of humour and they might not always get what yeah. we do. A, a, simple, a really simple example is the bouncer comments. So we'll say, guys, you know, make sure you show your ID or bouncers will want to see IDs at the door. And the US will be like, guys, what's a bouncer? Yeah. Do you mean security? Yeah. And it's like, and it's such a small point, but actually if over, you know, 20, 30, 40 different words like that, suddenly your product is actually not relatable to them and they can't quite get to sort of grips with it. Yeah. 
the great thing about New York is it's like London, it's very multicultural. Yeah. Everybody by definition is there is an immigrant. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very multicultural city. Um, and I think for us, that's where we want to go after, but it is, it's definitely a challenge. I think even when London were exposed to our marketing, they thought, what is this? This is wacky. This is yeah. unusual. But that, that's gonna, we're going to find that everywhere we go. It is new. It is, yeah. There are no rules in what we do. We, we, we want to, you've created a bit of a trend with how we've done it. And we see other people trying to do it as well. And good for them. But every time now we see a cardboard sign on LinkedIn, we know. Or someone else comments be, in the comments yeah, saying, we know what people this are looks thinking. like Thursday. There we, go. <laughs> we don't even have to say so it. We've kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have kind of, I don't like to call ourselves pioneers, but that whole sort of, sandwich board style we've kind of invented it and, and also just layering it with the sandwich board linkedin yeah. social mm. one of the most effective sides of what we do the marketing side is it's not it all looks ad hoc and rushed and a bit shit but that's so deliberate mm. because it's then the behind the scenes that goes on tiktok it's then the instagram post the cool shot it's then the linkedin stuff that we fuel it's never just a oh just get out there and just give it yeah. a go it's it's much but it looks better for us the shitter it looks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think, you mentioned earlier about everyone's offended by everything really, really quick. Do you think people just need to chill out a bit now and just be a bit more fun? And can like brands like yours sort of create that maybe? You could say, yeah, everyone needs to chill out and relax when they see something they don't like, but everyone, everyone's entitled to their opinion and their view. And things. Yeah. They don't like it, that's fine by us. We're not going to be offended. Yeah. Just you know, like we we're entitled to yeah. ignore it. Exactly, yeah. and that's what we do. We yeah. know all the hate, and there is some hate out there, but you know, we're, we're fine with that. But also what we found actually, being totally honest, because it's a good opportunity, a lot of these people would put up LinkedIn posts about why Thursday's bad and crap and you know, we, the way you conduct yourselves is wrong. But they tag Thursday and they tag us hoping that we'll comment, meaning that their post will go do well. Mm. We just ignore them. So it's mm. like you're criticising us for what because you, you, you don't believe in what we're doing, yet you're using us to get more exposure for you. Yeah. It's so fickle. And I just get so he much sees more. red from it. I just, like, I, I just, I, like, I just I, can't I stand it. It's so wishy-washy and everyone's a winner. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah. Life's hard. Yeah. End of. Obviously, you get on, you wouldn't have done this, but do you, do you ever like clash and have arguments? Me and Matt? Weirdly. No, we don't. I think we've had one argument, and it was after quite a few beers in New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the subway. Yeah. So we were like, <laughs> I think we sort of do, we came out, we watched an ice hockey game at Madison Square Garden. It was sick. Yeah, and we, he wanted to get the tube. I wanted, I wanted to, get to get the tube, the, the subway. I, I, wanted wanted to, I just wanted to see the subway, okay? And he wanted to get an Uber. I was like, we get always, we always get Ubers. And it was just a petty argument. And then we arrived at the hotel together, at the same like, time. Like, You're right. <laughs> but no, actually, well, I think where we're quite good is if I'm really sold on something, I'll be like, mate, I'm I'm about an eight out of ten on this, and yeah. he'll be like, oh, mate, I'm probably about a five. So we'll go my way, yeah. and vice versa. Exactly. If someone feels like, really strongly about something, we'll always say that. And yeah, and I think, and, and also the beauty of I think our relationship is we don't know what we don't know, yeah. and I don't think we would have got this far if we were MBA mm. graduates who are you know in all sorts of coaching and mentoring programs and everything, mm. because I think you we would have been put off doing the stuff that's worked mm. because it doesn't fit in a textbook. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Do you worry that you might lose this kind of energy and vibe you've got the, the bigger you grow and obviously your span of control will be less because you'll have more, more people? Do you, do you, do you, does that concern you? No, I think Thursday's got a life of its own now. Yeah. I think it has stemmed from me and Matt. We have been quite... It, it's Catalyst. A, yeah, it's, we like to think that Thursday is a reflective of our personality, of who we are. We've got a bit of a joke between pink us. Pink and fluffy. That, yeah, <laughs> pink and fluffy, that's right. Um, where he's sort of all corporate and serious and I'm like a bit weird not quite there <laughs> not quite that's what he says <laughs> i think thursday's it's got its own brand it's got its own attitude and yes you know it will there will be more red tape as we 
scale and grow the team members and there'll be more risk assessments. So we're fully aware of that and we're fine with it. And we'll hire someone to do those risk yes. assessments. <laughs> um, I'm just like, you know, obviously it's a big, you know, you're a year in, but do you, do you look at potentially an exit IPO or just, you know, keep it private and how, or do you, have you not really thought about that? Any founder would be silly to say, oh, you wouldn't like to be bought eventually, but that's not why we're doing this. You know, no. we, we started this to make a dating app more exciting. And um, we generally want to change the world yeah. that we think and the response we've had, I think we are in a position to do so. Yeah. We wouldn't want to sell this. We've got too big an opportunity here. You know, we're, we're making a day for dating. I mean, we've, in, we've owned a day for dating, and that's not going anywhere. And also, but, if we did, no one would employ us. True. We wouldn't know what to do. We wouldn't know how to get rid of this. We wouldn't have a job. We wouldn't know what to do. No. <laughs> Fee for me. Yeah. But I think it, we can see eventually that this would be a nice bolt-on to one of the groups. The big dating, the groups, big dating yeah. groups, um, but it's not, but for, we're not, not for an immediate future not, at all. We're not ready to even talk to them. Um, a few have tried to get through, but we're not interested at this stage. Um, but just keep keep growing the business and, and getting it out there. And the next big territory is the states. You mentioned you're, you're kind of not not dating experts, but uh, you know, have you considered? You know, you've obviously got the the part where people meet in person mm-hmm. of, of going into more business networking and and, and and sort of other events. I think the the tagline of connecting the world in person on Thursday started starts with dating. We haven't nailed dating yet. We've made a hell of a crack for a year, and we're only getting bigger with that. We will move into other verticals eventually. Um, things like friends, you know, business connections also is a is a good one. But I think to to look at that now, right there, but we'll. I think what's interesting the, the, for us, what we're beginning to realise is even at our events, you can go to any one of them and not everybody is there to find the one, mm-hmm. hook up, desperately to try and get with anybody. Actually, a lot of people go because it's very sociable mm-hmm. and it's nice to, in when you leave university where you, you have your planned nights out or not even university, you can go and go. It's nice to have something that's organised and a lot of the feedback we get is we love Thursday because I don't know when, I don't know where, but I know that on Thursday... I'll go to some cool event that's organised for me and I just have to you know, get my ticket and go. Yeah. And I think that's become really interesting. We've got lots of people now who have made friends yeah. through the app, uh, sort of through meetings, sorry, they swap numbers, etc. and now they go to the, the events together. So it's become quite sociable. So it's definitely, I think the sociable side will be nearer to us than the business yes, side. Yes, I agree. Yeah, We've put a message out on our social channels uh, LinkedIn, Instagram asking people to kind of ask you questions we've been yeah literally flooded with responses some crazy some mad some sane recommendations on finding tech to help your I'm guessing their you know their startup so like that might be HR tech or or I'm not quite sure what what, uh, that person means but if it's with regarding to starting an app are you getting a developer together getting a tech team together if it's on that, I would say find one person first mm-hmm. who's the linchpin. And then if you're non-technical, allow them to grow their tech team. Yeah. Because you can't really have much of an input if you're non-technical. Yeah, I agree. We're both non-technical. So our CTO very much is in charge of the tech team. Just extending that, do you, do you think, you know, you see it a lot that the benefit is to have the, the tech kind of proprietary or in-house or do you think it's okay to outsource? I, I think... When building an app, it's very easy to go down the route of white labeling an app that's already been built. Yeah. And I think you get yourself into problems then because it's rigid code. It's very hard to, to customize it. And very expensive to make yeah, changes. You're stuck with it and that's your base. I think if you're going to build something, build it from scratch. Yeah. Um, yes, but there, I mean, it depends what you're looking at building. If you're building yeah. something totally new, um, 
then we couldn't have white labeled no, this. No, we couldn't white label this. But lots of dating. I mean, there's a dating app popping up every single day that's niche down, that's focused on an interest. You know, cat lovers. You know, whatever vegans. That's that's cool. But music and all of that. But they've are taking something that's already been built and just reskinning it with their brand on. Fine, but I think if you're going to do do it, build something, build it properly. Yeah, okay. I agree. Um, we've got someone, it's me, Ophelia, and they've, they've asked, when will you introduce more filters, and re- like filters like religion or yep. political persuasion? Yep. Absolutely, that's coming in the next month. Um, we are padding out the profiles um, right now with things like you know religion, smoking, drugs. Um, drugs. We're going to have it where you can connect your Spotify profile to your account, so do your music taste, just for something as another feature to show what you're interested in. Yeah. Um, so that's all to come because you know we we're aware of the profiles they're good but we can we can do more on that. Yeah, agreed. And you, you kind of answered this question, but I think it was a good question. So we will shout out to the London ladies. Said, what inspired you to think of the concept of having singles at a bar and the app lasts twenty four hours? But you kind of did yeah, did cover that. But if you want to address yeah. uh, London lady, I think just singles want to be face to face, and if you're very introverted and you don't like the idea of meeting someone, then you're not going to work on Thursday, and that's totally cool. But if you do want to get face-to-face and meet other single people who might be in a similar position to you, then it was for us a bit of a no-brainer. I think the great thing about Thursday is it's got this inbuilt calendar into the app. In people's psyche, they know Thursday comes around, something's going to be happening. I see other people that want to go on a date that day. I see lots of stuff in this city that's happening. You know every Thursday, without fail, that'll be happening. We don't, we're a generation that doesn't like to plan. And I think if you were to plan an event... You know, to go to an event four weeks in advance, people don't want to do that. It's old hat, going to a website, booking into some single thing. It's boring. People are very spontaneous Yes, now. we are more spontaneous. And I think the 24-hour period forces people to act. Um, because, of course, come Friday, it's all over. It's like a party that happens every week for single people. And um, yeah, it's, this is more of a statement, but it's quite nice for you guys. It's, they were, it's called they're called a hundred dates. That they've, they've been on quite a few. Oh, right. uh, I've been to a few Thursday events, and the vibe is so positive. How do you instill that? Everyone's on the best behaviour when they're there because they know they're being watched. <laughs> we've not had yeah. one complaint from a venue saying. I think we've had any... one fight. In, really? In, in, in just fight over three, a girl. Just, just on the three, <laughs> no, he was too drunk. Oh, just right. on the three hundred venue events we've done, yeah. uh, one fight. Really? Gosh. So people just are on best behaviour because you look like an idiot. And, and if, they if, do, if they do kick off, who's liable for that? The venue. The venue. So yeah, yeah so there's the venue. So they, they've got yeah. the, all their sort of insurances and everything. We, we yeah. just put people in their space. Yeah. Um, and I think you know the don't want to keep banging on about the word of community because it is overused. And you know, people, if you build a community, you're on something great. And there is an awesome following behind Thursday where people will see people they've seen at another event and they'll be like, "Hey, I saw you last week. How's it going?" As Matt said, people are making friends. Yeah. Everyone just gets on, and it's a night. It's a it's a it's non-threatening fun. environment because everyone's just there for the same reason. Mm. It's normal to go up to a group and say, "Hey, I just thought I'd introduce myself." That doesn't normally happen in bars. Mm. No, we're letting that happen, and people feel confident to do it because they're allowed to. But you're allowed to anyway. We just want people to be better in person. It's really, really great to, to meet um, you guys today. Thank you, and, you, and, time, and yeah. um, you know, hear about your journey. And you know, how, how do people kind of uh, yeah continue to follow your journey? How do they get engaged? Just a final yeah. word for for our audience. We um, we document a lot of the behind the scenes on our own own Instagram, so you can follow our own mainly LinkedIn. And the the TikTok is very good. So TikTok does the Thursday dating. TikTok account is mostly behind the scenes, very, very raw. Um, so you'll see some wacky stuff. Instagram account is more 
the face of the brand. So Thursday, at Thursday Dating on Instagram, that's more the face of Thursday, I guess, and the voice of Thursday. Um, but actually anyone in the team has, you know, posts about Thursday a lot. On link LinkedIn's pretty good, to be honest. Um, but messages, to anyone who's gonna now message us on LinkedIn, <laughs> yeah, or anyone we in the team, might not you, you might not get through <laughs> because it is just inundated. So, you know, Get, you get better. You have better luck getting through on the, the Instagram account.